We're live. Hello, Matt. Yo. This is the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. <laughs> wow, what a high energy opening. <laughs> well, I, th- I, I, I thought I would take a more uh, relaxed approach this time. You want to tune into someone with a like a soothing, you know, hello, welcome, like kind of, kind of thing, right? Have you been like watching? ASMR, whatever that is, <laughs> ASMR videos. Because if you start talking like that, I'm out. I'm just letting you know. I just found out about those like six months ago. But apparently they've been around for a long time. Anyhow, welcome back. Um, uh, the other voice you heard, it's our good friend Trev, who uh, I guess is is one of our frequent... Uh, co-hosts in our revolving door of uh of third hosts um, it's been a minute it's been a minute since i've been on yeah for th- there was a good month or two where you were you were making frequent uh frequent visits mm-hmm. yeah uh, i was supposed to come back and do another mystery science theater episode but matt never watched it anymore so <laughs> <laughs> that was before the <laughs> that was before the season that they have out now yeah <laughs> There's been two full seasons since then. So, you know. <laughs> well, we'll, well, we should probably talk about why we're doing what we're about to do. Um, so we're doing something a little different. Who knows how it's going to go? It might be awesome. It might be a train wreck. Only you, listener, will be able to tell us. Uh, if it's awesome, I will say this was my idea. If, if it's, it, if it's which wreck. is true. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the reasons Trev is here. This was his idea. Um uh, but if it's terrible, it's, it was bird's eye. <laughs> <laughs> now this, is, so what we're gonna do? Uh, I, I think we're 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 gonna be talking about the presence of kaiju in pop culture, specifically music. Um, and there's been a ton of just songs written about Godzilla and King Kong and Mothra, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so what we've done is we've uh, gathered a list, uh, a, an eclectic list um, of songs, and we're going to play uh, a little piece of each one. Uh, we're not doing the full track. I think, well, I guess technically you can't play any music that doesn't belong to you <laughs> on a podcast. Don't, but Don't say just don't say that. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh. Let's just say... Let's... Let's just say we're not playing the full songs for our sanity and the listener's sanity, because a lot of these are quite long. Right, right. Um, but really, we just want to use this as a quick opportunity to give you a taste of all these songs and then talk a little bit about them. And if you like what you hear, you can go download the ones you enjoy um, and skip the ones you Yeah. And don't. I think certain podcasts, uh, like hosting uh, or apps or whatever... Like Spotify, I think is the example we talked about. Like, well, if a song is played in its entirety, it, it like the podcast can get pulled or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, the, the reason I, I pitched this though is I do think it's a it's a conversation worth having because, as you said, in terms of, like impact on pop culture, you know, for a show dedicated to Godzilla and kaiju, I think that's like a pretty good indicator of the kind of stamp a character can have on pop culture if it ends up being in like you know songs by popular artists that get played on the radio. They're just kind of independent of the movie soundtracks themselves. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it's telling to just Godzilla's, you know, presence in our in our kind of, you know, basic pop culture landscape that there's not just movies, there's not just toys, there, 
purpose not just books but also he's he's found his way into music as well yeah and and for, for a long time too a lot of, you know it's not like a recent thing and, and yeah you said, a, a wide variety of music yeah um uh, and this converse this this idea came out of of all things the pop artist kesha Mm-hmm. made a Godzilla song and around the time that song was released Trev was like I don't know I Trev's not a Kesha fan but somehow he caught wind of it and he said hey you guys should <laughs> review the Kesha Godzilla song on the podcast and we're like okay yeah sure months go by <laughs> it never happens and then it come it came up in conversation again and Trev's like why don't we you just we just do a whole episode about like monster the monsters in music and we're like okay um now uh i i think at least as far as trev and i i think we have pretty eclectic tastes um a lot of these artists i was aware of there were some nice interesting surprises um but you'll find that uh we we covered a lot of genres here um we have uh pop, metal, punk, hip hop, um and just some really just bizarre novelty stuff. Um Yeah. No opera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um how many of these songs have you got had you guys heard before we did we, we get we did this? Like half maybe? Yeah, I don't even know what's that. I don't know if I have an exact count, but there was def- there was some, a few in there. But like you said, there was definitely. Uh, I mean, a few of these. I don't know why I would have heard them, you know. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then there were some that were like, kind of, you know, pleasant surprises or whatever. But I mean, in the popular category, I definitely heard quite a few of them, um, if not all. And then, uh, um, anyway, in addition to this, just being. Trev's idea. He also uh, took it upon himself to listen to each track and isolate the uh, the best moments uh, to sample, and um, that's what we're gonna play. Uh, so um, we have this broken up into to categories or, or genres, and um, we have some trivia and a few songs here. But I think obviously the most famous song well let's start with what category we're doing okay yeah um so first we have the big ones so this is going to be your pop hits your major artists um your major you're probably most likely to have actually encountered yeah your major label like you could hear it on the radio kind of stuff okay so i guess first up is the most obvious and probably most famous in the bunch and that is Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult. Um, I mean, is there anything about? I mean, the, the great song, great riff. Um, uh, probably one of their most famous songs. Um, I think the first time I heard it was when Monster Vision. I don't even know. Yeah, it was Monster Vision. It was Monster. Yeah, Monster they were doing a Godzilla marathon, and they had a little montage that was like a little music video for the song. But you guys would know this better than I. But is this just like is this like the Kaiju Fan National Anthem or what? <laughs> like how, how beloved is this song in the Kaiju fandom? I would imagine it's got to be pretty loved, right? I think so. Any like any time someone talks about just music involving godzilla 
Like, this is the go-to, like, blue oyster cult. Um, for yeah, a while... definitely the one that everybody would think of. I, I would imagine... It's the one that I would think of if somebody talks about, hey, have you heard the Godzilla song? And I'm like, oh, Kesha. No, wait, that's, that's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it's called the Godzilla song. Um, one of my friends had a wedding, and uh, I was a groomsman in the wedding, and... <laughs> this song was played and dedicated over Mike to me, uh, and the wedding was on the same day as Godzilla's birthday. So the DJ was like, it's Godzilla's birthday also, woo! Then the song came out and like everyone cleared the dance floor. <laughs> Except for me, of course. Trev, you remember that? I do remember that, yes. Did Bird dance, Trev? I need to hear this from Trev, but I don't want to hear, hear Bird's like, story. I want to hear... I don't know. I wouldn't dancing. say I wouldn't necessarily say bird dance, but but uh, if you're gonna get bird to do something approximating dancing, kind of the only way to do it is probably to play this song. It's one. Of, it's also one of the few times uh, I had a lot of alcohol in my system. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, okay, so we got about the first minute. Um, you know the riff. We know the riff. Let's hear the riff. Okay, we're back. Or wait. I mean, yeah, I don't know if any of us have anything more to say about it, but does it kind of bum you guys out that this song's never actually appeared in a Godzilla film? And or do you think it eventually will? Like, do you think Legendary will be that that goofy at some point to throw it in, or at least over end credits or something? Or If it's in the movie, I feel like it'd be, like, a little too meta. However, like, I wouldn't mind, it, like, it popping up in the credits. Like how at the end of Iron Man, the Black Sabbath yeah. song comes on, like... I could go for something like that. I could also see Michael Doherty being Michael Doherty, like maybe doing that in the credits. Definitely not in the movie, but yeah, no, no, I agree. It would have to be end credits for sure, right? Maybe not even like the thing that hits at first of credits, but if you sit through the credits waiting for a yeah, credit like, scene, maybe it's the second song. That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, or a cover of it. I could see someone doing a cover of it. Yeah. What if the trailer had one of those like slow covers of it, <laughs> like the oh sad? Like... Are they still doing that? Like with the Inception horn mixed in somewhere? Like, oh god, that's such a great idea. I would love a slow cover of this with like just <laughs> devastation footage. Um. 
anyway, I, I have a couple uh, little tidbits. I, I, well, first of all, I, I have seen footage uh, of them playing on stage with like a big Godzilla prop that like blew smoke and stuff, which is pretty fun. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess Buck Dharma of Blue Oyster Cult is a big monster movie fan, and he made a Godzilla song. Interestingly enough, I did find out that um, uh, in one of his solo albums, he had a Gamera song, which was an instrumental, but I forget what it's called. Like, I don't know, but it's something about Gamera. Um, I should mention, when it came to the song selection, um, we we went with pretty much standard verse chorus verse kind of song structure um uh nothing too crazy um extreme metal does have a big kaiju um uh fan base and output um but we're we're going with a little bit more conventional stuff i'd love to tackle the more extreme stuff but um i know matt especially has fragile ears um (laughs) One last bit about Blue Oyster Cult, uh, I guess just like as a joke, when the 98 movie came out, um, uh, <laughs> they made a, I guess it's kind of like a diss track version of Godzilla, where they rewrote the lyrics to basically make fun of uh, that soundtrack album and the fact that their song wasn't on it. Um, it's actually kind of funny. It's called Nozilla by Buck Dharma. It's, it's on YouTube. Maybe I'll play a clip, like, to play us out or something. But, um, all right, here's one that I didn't know of until Trev brought it up. This is uh, the King Kong song by ABBA, which I think was a single they did around the time of the 70s remake. Um, but you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big ABBA guy. I know like a couple ABBA songs, so maybe I shouldn't have known about this one. Um, but this is a weird track. Uh, let's listen to maybe the first minute or so and we'll come back and talk about the King Kong song. What do you guys think about the King Kong song? Uh, it's very catchy. Oh my gosh! It, and... it, 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 it this song has been in my head like for the last four days, and I don't even know yeah. if I like this song. It's really stupid. Yeah. You're, you're it's kind of it's weird because like it's I'm like you. I'm not usually an ABBA fan, but this is actually kind of a 
jam, right? Like the the guitar riff is actually pretty sweet, um, and I think the like the meta lyrics, because if you listen to the lyrics, it's actually about them watching King Kong on TV and then writing a song about it. Like it's that that's as simple as it is. And those, that's just kind of goofy enough to be genuinely fun. Um, I can kind of I could see the song being kind of fun if it was played over like a montage or something in a, in a comedy movie. Um, but yeah, I kind of actually dig it. I wonder if it's ever going to end up in like a Mamma Mia movie. That's what I was thinking. I was like, can, is this going to be in Mamma Mia 3? What if Mamma Mia 3 is like a kaiju movie? <laughs> that could be. Yeah, I, could, I could see that, like a musical. Yeah. We, has there ever been a... a well, I guess technically the the uh, Bollywood video or m- movies are, are musical. So I guess there's been monster movies with, uh, with that. But anyway, did you guys know um, the working title for this song was Mr. Sex, apparently? I don't know how that... Hmm. Ties in, but also that it, it came out in '74, and then and they re uh, they actually re release it to coincide with the '77 Kong film. Uh, well, apparently, you didn't know, Matt, that the working title for the original King Kong movie was Mister Sex. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a very different movie. <laughs> I don't know. That's the perviest version of uh, of King Kong. That's for sure. On a, on a ship, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Um, are the Mamma Mia movies by Legendary? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, oh, I mean, Bird is trying to make the craziest crossover ever by uh, the, like Godzilla versus Kong the musical. They are. I knew it. Yeah, let's, let's come on. Let's make it happen. All right. So uh, the King Kong song. Uh, yeah, it's a bizarre thing um i'm surprised i didn't not, know about it before not one of their biggest hits but i'd say at this point probably my favorite opera song <laughs> <laughs> more than dancing queen yeah okay uh okay so now uh we're gonna get a little bit more um uh i guess downbeat kind of uh with uh godzilla flick by the flaming lips um you know i i, I don't disrespect the flaming lips but you know i was never i, I was never a flaming lips guy uh uh yeah i was gonna ask you Bert. actually i wasn't too sure how you felt about flaming lips they're they're fairly hit and miss with me as well i mean i think i think if you're a music fan you like as you just kind of insinuated if you're like a hardcore music fan i think you, you respect them uh i think it's kind of hard not to you know since they formed back in like the early 80s they've always been one of the most like intriguing experimental rock bands around and you know like a pretty wide variety of styles and and uh, i think they've done a lot of cool stuff but it doesn't all work for me either yeah i've, I've never heard it's anything from one. them that's like popped for me you know but yeah, i mean you know shimmy battles the, the robots is like a pretty fucking amazing album but uh uh you know everything else has been kind of more hit and miss but, but they are what they are yeah um so here's Godzilla flick. Uh, we got, yeah, we're going to do about the first minute or so, give you a feel for it. This is a no Godzilla flick. This is a no Godzilla flick. Only 
And we're back. Uh, it's a pretty simplistic. Sorry if you all killed yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty simplistic uh, song. Um, from what I understand, uh, this was about. Um, is the is the guy's name Wayne? Yeah. Wayne Co- yeah, is it Wayne Coin? Yeah, he lo- the guy. He looks like Tim Burton a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Tim Burton hair for sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was reading this, this song was about, uh, he was with his, I think his brother, and they were watching yeah, TV, brother. and his brother was having a really bad acid trip, and they were flipping through channels, uh, and he was trying to, like, talk him out of killing himself. And I'm assuming a Godzilla movie was on TV, or maybe not a Godzilla movie, uh, maybe they were watching, like, um, Million Dollar Baby or something, and his brother thought it was a Godzilla movie, and he was saying, this isn't a Godzilla movie. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, speaking of Million Dollar Baby, I wasn't even making this connection, but they also say this is no Clint Eastwood flick, either. Yeah, later in the song they do, yeah. Um, I don't know. Who do you think he maybe mistook for Clint Eastwood? Like Tom Arnold? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, in terms of like the Flaming Lips, I don't think this song is necessarily really indicative of their their stuff in general. Um, and but I, I, it's a it's a pleasant enough song. It's not particularly memorable or anything. I wouldn't say it ranks up there with their most compelling stuff. But it's it's fine, I guess. It's it's it is what it is. I think we wouldn't have included it if it wasn't called Godzilla Flick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um. All right. So like now we're. It's a missed one. Or... Yeah, yeah, this. No, yeah, I, I, I dug it. Just it's just got that chill, like acoustic vibe. It is pretty simplistic, but it was it was fine. I yeah, it's it. a it's a decent kind of like mellow little 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 song. Um, so here here's the the one that uh, started this crazy idea to begin with. This is Kesha with Godzilla. Uh, we got about probably about the first half of the song on here. So let's check it out. What do you get when you take Godzilla to the mall? It scares all the children and shreds all the pillows and knocks over walls. His emerald eyes, they sparkle and shine as he eats the food court and steals half my fries. That's what you get when you take Godzilla to them all. What do you get when you take Godzilla to meet your mom? He rings the bell and she looks out the window and calls the cops. Try to explain that he's mostly tame As long as there's pizza and video games That's what you get when you take Godzilla To meet your mom All right, um, so... Uh, <laughs> that was bizarre. Uh, this is 
still the song. I think this song should be your theme song. Uh, and you know, yeah, I'm Mr. Punk metal guy, uh, extreme whatever guy, but you know what? Uh, this is gonna, this might surprise some people. I dig this song. It's charming and silly and fun. Um, I've hated every second of every other Kesha anything I've heard. Um, but this, 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 this is a fun track. I mean, it's, uh, if, if you want to know what, um, maybe get a glimpse into the life of someone dating Godzilla, um, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is your song. Um, when you take him to the mall, he, he scares children, um, and he eats half of your fries, uh, he eats the food court, um, (laughs) and it turns out he really just wants to eat pizza and play video games, um, and, uh... I hope that becomes canon. (laughs) Uh, and uh, I guess you should be warned that if you take him to meet your mom, chances are she'll call the police. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, sounds like a relationship that needs some work, but what, what relationship doesn't, you know, it's work. Yeah. I was, I was genuinely, genuinely surprised by how much I enjoyed this song. Like, as you said, I'm not the biggest Kesha fan. Um, I mean, I think it's really hard to do song like funny songs that aren't parody, right? Like, a, like parody is kind of easy, and most of the comedy songs we know are parody. And this is not a parody song. It's just, as you said, it's just silly. It's just silly lyrics. But I think a lot of that that imagery of like everyday Godzilla is is actually pretty amusing. And, and this song to me feels like Kesha kind of channeling someone like Regina Spector a little bit. It's kind of got that sort of vibe that. to it, yeah. And uh, so I really, I do really like this quite a bit and uh i guess i guess mom yeah 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 this was written by her mother um well you think godzilla's her dad (laughs) i was Uh, gonna ask do you think kesha's mom is like a big kaiju fan but bird went for the much nerdier question (laughs) and he sounded very excited when he asked that like (laughs) yeah like he thought it's a real possibility Uh, you know, you never, you never know, you never know. No, it's not, it sounds more like like Godzilla was the guy her mom dated before settling down with her dad. You know, yeah, he was like the badass boyfriend, but then she had to find just like a normal guy. She had to like settle for Gamera. Is that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> half, half flying turtle. <laughs> All right, so next we have. <laughs> one of the strangest. Wrap in, boys. Okay, so everyone's aware the '98 movie had. I mean, it was in the 90s. Every 90s movie needed to have the hip soundtrack album. So you had Puff Daddy collaborating with Jimmy... uh, I almost said Jimmy Fallon. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy Jimmy Page to absolutely destroy the Led Zeppelin classic Cashmere. Uh, You also had The Wallflowers, Rage Against the Machine, etc., 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 Oh, Jamiroquai. There's a 90s name. Um, did, Bird, did you own the CD? Because I know I did. I did. I have no idea where it could be right now, but yeah, I did. Uh, Matt, did you ever have this or no? I had it. Okay. Uh, okay, so... It, it, what I, okay, uh, all those songs I just mentioned are actually, like, 
either written for the movie or uh, adopted into the soundtrack. At some point, they just said, hey, let's get Brain Stew by Green Day and put Godzilla Roars over it, and we're, we'll call it a remix, the Godzilla remix. But that's li- it's not even really a remix. Literally, all they, this is just the song, right? And they just put Roars on it. Vocals cut out. You hear Godzilla roaring in the background. That's basically what the song is. It's kind of like the laziest thing you can do for a Godzilla soundtrack. Yeah. It's kind of what ends up making it funny. Uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, a couple years ago, you know, the internet was still kind of in its... You know, no, don't don't talk about this yet. Let's okay, play, let's play the okay. song first. first. Okay, okay. Here, here. Enjoy a minute of Green Day with Godzilla. Trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting shit but running out. As time ticks by, still I try. No rest for cross chops in my mind. On my own, here we go. Okay, and we're back. Um, I apologize. Well, I before we get because we- well, I was going to say because that was extremely stupid. Uh, and me, I I am not a Green Day fan. I do well, not. I I'm, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, I'll come in here and say I am actually a, a, a Green Day defender to a point, especially around this period. I I think the first like four or five Green Day albums they're actually pretty strong you know no I, I understand you know the whole like they're they're not real punk and it's more punk pop but as punk pop i think they're actually pretty good um that being said as someone who defends those early albums i i can't defend the stupidity of this you know, <laughs> even though it's just coming from that era um i actually do like brains too i think brains too is a good song but just the just how silly of an idea this was i mean yes i enjoy it for the ironic you know uh, appeal of it but uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's just such a bizarre thing to even uh to even do. What's worse, the uh, this or cashmere being ruined by Puff Daddy? Ooh, <laughs> cashmere's worse. <laughs> yeah, I'll take this. You don't like the come come with me? Uh, no. <laughs> oh God, that single was everywhere too. It Jesus was, and the music video is just all over the place constantly. Oh yeah. Um. So at some point a few years ago, this this Brain Stew remix kind of, uh, I guess someone was like, hey, wait, what was that? You know, the internet was kind of in its infancy, so things didn't really like go viral the same way they do now. Um, and and they, I guess to help illustrate just how stupid it is, someone did a version of the Frasier theme song with <laughs> with Godzilla roars over it and called it the Godzilla remix and that kind of went like viral on YouTube and and people shared it around and laughed at it and uh I think it's funny so uh enjoyed the Fraser remix uh uh with Godzilla 
Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? Okay. <laughs> that is better than brain stew. Yes. It was. <laughs> uh, so the last track we have here um, in our uh, our majors category is the prolific, the amazing Tom Waits uh, with King Kong. Um, we're going to play about the first minute or so of that. I didn't realize this was a cover until I... Started snooping around for yeah, this podcast. I'll, 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 I'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Okay. Um, well, uh, enjoy Tom Waits um, with King Kong. This shine down. This shine down. This was a monster. But it was the king. They came to his island and they brought her with them. They wanted to get his picture, but they were surprised by his enormous size. And when he saw the woman, he took her without question. Because after all, he was the king. And he loved the woman, he loved the way she looked, and she wouldn't stop screaming, but he loved the woman, and he thought it to run. All right, so uh, as you can see, that track is pretty much Tom Waits just describing the movie. Um, it continues like that until he gets shot and falls off the Empire State Building. Um, it's a really long song. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I had no idea. This is a cover from a, a guy named Daniel Johnston. Um, you know, Tom, yeah. I, Tom Wait, Waits... Are you familiar with Daniel Johnston? Not really, no. I mean, I'm, I, I love Tom Waits, of course, and, uh, you know, I always just was like, oh, yeah, Tom Waits is weird enough to do something like this. But no, it's a cover. Yeah, so Daniel Johnston is kind of this, like, really... Um, he's a really big figure in, like, the outsider kind of, um, you know, like, weirdo realm of music. Um, he's... He, he kind of came to prominence. He was like, he's he has bipolar disorder and he's schizophrenic, and and especially in like the lo-fi music world, he's kind of really well known because he was just in his he was living in his mom's basement, I believe, and just recording these albums on a tape recorder. That most of them are just him and a piano. Uh, uh, sometimes I like him in a, a guitar and and kind of playing these songs he wrote. And uh, he started as he was he was working in Austin, Texas, at a McDonald's, I believe, and he was dubbing these tapes and hand drawing like album covers and just start handing them out to people 
and he became this like really big cult figure and eventually uh like kurt cobain was a fan of his and wore like a uh, daniel johnston shirt uh, um and that kind of got some of him some attention and then actual like record labels started picking up these cassettes and putting out commercial versions of him and putting on cd and, and he you know he's he had a fairly decent career for what that was but like i said they're all very simple but his lyrics are actually oftentimes very kind of charming and very kind of deep um the king kong song for him it's pretty much exactly what we just heard except there's actually no music it's just him singing the lyrics uh, like tom waits added in the the you know the roar and everything and tom waits even adds tom the kind of um the the like rhythm like the the music from the the movie like the the yeah. the native music yeah yeah and i think like uh the, what i what i dig about this is there's probably no artist in the musical world that has a, a voice more appropriate to do a song about king kong than tom Waits. <laughs> yeah he sounds like king kong that's true perfectly yeah, that's true. yeah no yeah no i <laughs> That's why, like, when people say they don't like Tom Waits, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can understand. He, the guy can't sing, but he's amazing. I love Tom Waits. <laughs> the first time I heard this, it just made me want, want like, a whole subgenre of music, which is just Tom Waits telling the story of movies. <laughs> oh, God, I hated the song so much. Oh, God. <laughs> what? I tried. Uh, I hated it. I'm sorry. What's, why? Because it hurt my ears. <laughs> I did say Matt has sensitive ears. Uh, okay, so Matt is is upsetting me by saying he doesn't like Tom Waits. So I think we it's probably in our best interest to just move. I didn't on. say that. I said I didn't like this song. I said I didn't like this song. It's not the same. Okay, that's fine. Well, history will judge you harshly, sir. Okay, so now we're gonna move into punk and metal, uh, which is I don't know maybe not the most surprising this is where we probably have the most songs um what is it about horror and monsters and sci-fi that has so much crossover with metal and punk why do you think that is yeah you think so yeah it's exactly it's exactly that i think people who are outsiders and kind of grow up on the kind of fringe and uh you know uh, and i'm i'm stereotype I'm, I'm lumping myself in this so i'm not saying it's in like a negative way you know but kind of grow up in and i guess that's i don't even know if this is still a thing right because now geek culture is so big but i think we're all still at the age of growing up and it wasn't cool to like a lot of this stuff and not at all kind of outsiders, <laughs> you know and like and so you know if you're in that if you grew up kind of digging the monster stuff and that was what you're into then you might have the same kind of attitude and the same kind of anger that might fuel you into liking punk music and things like that so, yeah I just think I think it's an outsider mentality. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like I noticed that like there's so much crossover at conventions and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, okay, so we're gonna start off with uh, this was a new discovery for me. Um, this is the creatures with a track called Godzilla. This was actually a side project of members of Susie and the Banshees. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're gonna listen to Susie Sue sing about Godzilla, um, which, and I guess it, 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 when the Banshees had, I guess, broken up, this project kind of became a, a full-time thing for a while. I, was first I'd heard of it. Um, yeah, this is, so, this is Susie Sue and then the Banshees drummer, Budgie, um, and this is really just the two of them, and, uh, so it's a side project that was just basically meant to be, like, kind of a, a vocal drum, like, percussion-based. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we got a couple minutes here of, uh, of the creatures with Godzilla. So, um, take a listen. 
I hope the automatic recorders in Sirius will record this message. you guys think of that track matt i'll you go first i mean unsurprisingly it's not my favorite although you know it's got that little he trashes cars godzilla he's not from mars thing in there which is you know it's 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 neat i guess just not my like i'm not gonna pick this song and listen to it ever again (laughs) (laughs) uh i i get that coming from matt but i say uh on the opposite spectrum of that this i think actually was like the best find of this whole this whole did you, did you i were you aware of the creatures at all i, I, was, I mean i, I wasn't was the creatures but uh i was aware of them and that i knew they were a thing I, I hadn't really listened to them a lot and i certainly never heard this one before um but i i really dug this and so i just to for full transparency though as i think you already know bird i am i'm a i'm a big susie and the banshees fan mm-hmm. um I, I do love Season of Banshees. I think they're like one of my favorite like uh, female-led rock groups of all time. I just think it's super interesting. I love that they you know started as a punk group and kind of transitioned into post-punk and then just went into a lot of, a lot of interesting experimental territories. They went along. And Susie Sue is awesome. She's an icon. I love her. So now I'm going to kind of try and track down more creature stuff because I, I really did dig this song. I just think it's got like a really cool vibe. It, it doesn't, to me... If you didn't tell me this was the creatures, I could just see this being a Susan Sus- Banshee song. You know, it doesn't there's a much it, there's, the demarcation point's not super strong to me. But uh, I also read when I was looking at this on YouTube, uh, somebody had a comment that they were at a creature's performance where she played this, and somebody in the audience like gave her a Godzilla toy while she was doing the song and Susie like took it and they said she looked like a little like a so like she turned into like a little girl. She was so excited, 
so ecstatic to get this Godzilla toy. And she like hugged it and was kind of dancing around with it. And that kind of made her even more endearing to me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, she's, she's got a, a heck of a voice. Uh, I, I love her voice. Um, uh, okay, so next up, um, continuing with the punk stuff, we have Michael Graves, uh, who I think a lot of people would know as the guy, the misfit singer that's not Danzig, um, when the misfits came back. I'm a huge misfits fan, however, I do admit it's mostly the Danzig era. However, yeah. um, if I were to pick any of the non-Danzig stuff, I would say I would point to the Michael Graves era, but I mean it's really like hit and miss by song. I, some of the Graves stuff I really like. Some of the stuff is I just think is kind of boring. Um, but uh, yeah, he has a he had a so, well he he left the Misfits, then Jerry only took over on main vocals, and now they're back with Danzig. Who knows how the hell that's gonna go? Um, who knows if they'll even survive each other at this point? Are they still trying that? Really? That, well, they're they're doing like reunion shows here and there, but like they're they're like head, uh, they do a few headlining gigs a year, and they're all like tickets are really expensive. Like I got to see them headline at Riot Fest in Chicago for like the same price that like mm-hmm. one of their normal gigs is. So um, I, I just imagine that like Danzig and Jerry Only are like on opposite ends of the arena until the <laughs> gig, and then they walk on a stage, they do it, and then they walk off and never talk to <laughs> um so yeah michael graves uh here's his godzilla um so yeah we have uh, about a minute and a half of this one um so let's check that out Michael Graves, um, how do you guys feel about this one? I actually like this song. It opens with the 54 stomps. You got the very kind of a Fuka Bay-ish like, sounding guitar riffs, and then all of a sudden this punk comes in, and it's, it's kind of nice. And it's just it's very it's just naming all the monsters and what Godzilla's doing. It's kind of cool. I thought it was yeah. very smooth, I guess. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm with I'm with you, Bird. That uh, well, you're I think you're even more positive on Michael Graves than I am. Um, for me, the Misfits are kind of just the Danzig era, mm-hmm. and I, I really kind of don't really like anything after that. So I kind of like approach this song a little trepidatiously because if I don't like his Misfits, I wasn't sure what I think of his solo stuff, which I've never gone out of my way to listen to. And then yeah, this is actually pretty good. It's kind of like God, this is like the prototypical Godzilla punk song. Right? If you're gonna say like there's gonna be a Godzilla punk song, this is you think? You yeah, know. yeah. This is what happens in your head. Echoes of the theme in there, roar, and as and as Matt alluded to, you got lyrics that are just as simple as just listing. It's like kind of all he's doing, so it's really catchy. Even though I'm not sure it's good, but it's it's definitely catchy. And um, no, yeah, no, this is a fun song, uh, and I, I think Michael Graves went to the Matt Parmley school of monster pronunciation uh, because <laughs> in one verse he, he knows. in one verse he calls Ghidorah Gydra. And then in the next verse, he says King Gyodra. <laughs> and so I don't know if he's just trying to like make it fit better. Like, Listen, I'm bad, <laughs> but I'm not that. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to make it fit better like rhythmically or, or what, <laughs> but that's really weird. Um, What's even better is because you compared the two. I just had this like mental flash, and I was just picturing Matt sitting there in like the Michael Graves makeup. That's a great <laughs> visual. <laughs> um. Okay, next up we have the Barbarellas, uh, who I, if you can't tell, is a, from the name, is a sci-fi themed uh, uh, um, female-led uh, punk group with Giant Godzilla, uh, kind of a um, redundant title. Uh, but we have about a minute of that. Um, thing about these punk songs yeah, is Tiny Godzilla would be a better title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thing about these punk songs is, I mean, they're punk songs. You listen to about a minute of it, and you get the idea. So here we go. Giant Godzilla. Uh, how'd you guys feel about this one? Uh, so, first of all, I should say, if you're going to look this one up, make sure you're kind of getting the right Barbarellas group, because I found out there's like another group called Barbarellas that are more of like a synth-pop group. How, well, that's, like might, what a weird like name to have more know. than one... Like, yeah, why are there so more than one Barbarella? This comes from an app called, like, Queen of the Galaxy, which is obviously, again, a nod to the movie Barbarella. And it's got other songs on it, like Teenage Werewolf and Martian Clown. So they're clearly, like, into this kind of sci-fi stuff. And really, this this has... is There's so many elements I should like. Like, I like kind of these kind of girl groups. And I like this, like, 60s aesthetic they're going for. Um, and I like the whole sci-fi references and everything. But uh, it's just kind of eh to me. It didn't really do much for me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um... I mean, as someone that likes punk music, I mean, I'm always pretty open-minded to any kind of new artist. I, I, like, this is a new find for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just really didn't 
nothing about it stuck out, you know? Yeah. It's, like, if I, if I was forced to, like, like, uh, turn radio like like radio stations and this was on would i change it no but eh, i mean it's not something like like some yeah like some of these (laughs) some of these artists some of these tracks like i'm gonna dig into more like the creatures for instance but like this one you know i'm not like not 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 to say it's you know offensively bad it's just kind of um i guess by the numbers yeah meh yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much more to add. Yeah, hated it very much. Oh, you hated it? Yeah, man. I didn't do anything for me, and like, I don't know. I'm very. Uh, uh, when it comes to music, it's it's like one of those things. If it doesn't grab me, then I just won't listen to it anymore. And this will be one of those those songs. <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Well, keeping with the kind of indie punk vibe, we're gonna go to Damien. is maybe the only uh, that is that the only song written about the X from Outer Space? I feel like that's such an obscure movie to do a song about. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. <laughs> um uh anyway, um what did you guys think of this one? Is it weird that I liked it? Probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little maybe a little bit? I don't know. It was fine. Like I I got a kick out of it. It was fine. Like, uh, again, with this kind of music, it's not something that I'm going to, like, gravitate towards, but, like, I liked it m- more than Giant Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I, bet, I bet you when we started this, a lot of people didn't think they were going to hear, like, a, a song rocking about Guala, you know? But, um, so this one just, like, did nothing for me. Yeah, I'm kind of, like... I don't know. I'd put this, like, kind of the same tier as, as Giant Godzilla, like... There's nothing that I think is, like, really bad there. It's just kind of, like, 
eh, you know, it's it's fun enough, but it's not something, you know, it's it's charming that they would do a song about something is you know out there is x from outer space but yeah i mean it's not something that i need to hear again or look into more i i I know they have uh they did another song about the green slime um but well i don't i guess i don't know because i i haven't heard the green slime so i don't know if it's a cover of the green slime theme song even if it is you think it can really top the green slime theme song no (laughs) Uh, in fact i'm surprised there's not like more covers of the green slime theme song it's a it's a rocking song Mm -hmm. um but yeah this this didn't do too much for me it's just kind of um whatever you know the the vocals are the vocal is okay it's got kind of a lo-fi um kind of kind of vibe and um but eh. yeah okay so we're gonna get into maybe the more the most outlandish track. Uh, we have the um, the rather prolific uh, funk rock group Fishbone. Uh, this is V T T L O T F D G F, um, <laughs> which stands to Voyage to the Land of the Freeze Dried Godzilla Farts. uh apparently the lyric uh, is um asking us basically a question that i'm sure you guys have thought a lot is that what if godzilla wasn't created by the bomb but the bomb uh was a cover-up by the government and that godzilla farting actually caused you know hiroshima I think a lot of us have wondered that at some point in in life. Um, so we have uh, we have uh, a chunk of this, and um, yeah, this this is uh, definitely out there. So uh, let's check this out. Fishbone. Um, they have now taken us to the land of the freeze-dried Godzilla farts. Um, what did you guys think of this? I want to hear what Matt thought of this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to think of this, honestly. Is this your first time hearing I mean, like, Fishbone? Yeah, man. Um, I don't. I don't. Probably know. last time. Yeah. I would imagine so. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matt's reactions to these are gonna are are some of these are are pretty funny. I'll <laughs> makes me a little. I mean, like the, the, the... It's hilarious. <laughs> I get what they're going for, and I think it's I think it's awesome and and, and pretty funny. But the song itself, I'm like, oh, I I'm just confused more than anything else. Is that I mean I. I don't know if that's, I think that's, that's fair. Not, that's <laughs> I think Matt's reaction is is fairly common for a reaction to Fishbone. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't. I Bird, you like Fishbone, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not like a huge fan, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I, they come from that era where I, I think that people were kind of mixing funk and metal and punk and and rock and and yeah. you know they came out of that Primus, Faith No More, early Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, kind of taking like bits of Parliament and bits of you know Sex Pistols and bits of uh, you know Zeppelin and you know kind of combining all these things together and yeah they came out of that wave of bands Living Color um, yeah because you just you just named in the past like thirty seconds you just named tons of bands that I love and I I like everything you just mentioned but I've I've never really been into fishbone yeah that's like they're um, they're they're the biggest blind spot out of that but you know i'm familiar with some of their stuff i don't know it's kind of like i feel like i should like them because i usually kind of like bands are being are, are very eclectic and mixing a lot of stuff but um anytime i've tried i just can't quite do it uh it's just there's some kind of there's some kind of barrier to where it just doesn't work for me and, and this song uh i wouldn't say changes that this was, this was, a, rough, this <laughs> okay. was a rough one so. i like this one i i it, i i think it's got a nice groove to it um the bass line is really funky it, it makes you want to kind of move there's some interesting stuff with the lead guitar um i dug it i don't know if i'm ready to you know dive headfirst into the fishbone back catalog um but yeah, I, I like this one, and it's—I mean, only only a crazy person would even think of the the concept for this song. So, um, all right, now next up, uh, we have the mighty Sepultura from Brazil. Um, anyone one of his favorites? I'm sure. <laughs> anyone that uh, you know grew up listening to thrash metal you know, is is going to be familiar with Sepultura. They were kind of Brazil's answer to Slayer. Um, here we have Biotech is Godzilla. Um, for the most part, we tried to keep things... We, we deviate a few times from this rule, but we agreed to kind of make the lyrics, you know, either based around a movie or a monster. This one is... is reappropriating Godzilla as a metaphor, which when people put Godzilla in its songs, it's usually just cuz. Um, so I thought that was interesting that it's, it's using the, the metaphorical roots of Godzilla and reappropriating it, um, to be about the dangers of biotechnology. Uh, this song was actually written, um, by, a uh, a friend of the band, Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys, uh, are either of you fans of Jello or the Dead Kennedys? Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm actually, I would say I'm more of a fan of Jello than I am the Dead Kennedys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who they are, so that doesn't that surprise you. <laughs> the one of you so. uh, they're uh, a legendary punk band that uh, used to mean something and now are 
well, they don't have Jello with them, and now I don't know. There's a big drama between them, but their old records are fantastic. But uh, so Sepultura. And Jello's a Jello's a great uh, what, like in terms of spoken word. Yeah, yeah, it does a lot of spoken word, a lot of politically themed stuff. Um, uh, anyone listening, check out Old Dead Kennedys. Um, but yeah, uh, he wrote this this uh, this biotech is Godzilla, and um, here it is. So I, I also <laughs> thought this one was worth including because it's also one of the more well-known songs, like on this list. Yeah, yeah. Song, uh, pretty big in like this world, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, Especially, yeah. well, yeah. And this is from the KSAD album, which was kind of yeah. one of their breakout records here in the states. Um, this is when they started getting a lot of play on MTV, Beavis and Butthead, um, stuff like that in the nineties. Um, uh, but yeah, so I yeah I think this is one of the better known tracks from them probably I would say. But um, all right, well I mean I the, spoiler alert I love this song and I love this album and I I love early pretty much the first six Sepultura albums. I'm I'm all about it. But I mean how how do you guys feel about this song in particular? So thrash is not my my thing. I no. dig. <laughs> <laughs> I dig the, the like. Listen, here's here's the rule for me. If I have to like really listen extremely hard to decipher what the hell you're saying in a song. To me, I, I just I don't want to hear it. I don't care how good the 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 baseline is or the other stuff going on. However, I did know of the song. Like, well, I mean, I, I've known of the song for a long time. I don't hate it. It's it's a, it doesn't do a lot for me. But like, I don't hate it the way that I hated uh, Barbarella's. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's 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 about it. Yeah, I I like that. Uh, I'm not Sepultura, that kind of music. That's definitely more Bird's World than mine. I I, I dug this well enough. I, I will say, I'm kind of with. I kind of know what Matt's saying. Yeah. To listen to it can be tough, but I do think if you read the lyrics of this song and kind of dive in a little bit more, it's it's kind of more interesting than you might think. I, um, I will agree with that. I mean, I feel like lyrically there's some, they're, they're saying things and I appreciate that. I like songs and music that tell stories or say something, but yeah, but I, I will also like... say, and the one last thing I'll say about it though, is even though I, I think it's interesting what's being said in this song, um, and Bert, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't really know how I feel about this song continuing or prop or kind of going into that propagation of the conspiracy theory that AIDS was invented by a scientist. Well, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I, well, yeah, I was reading an interview with, um, with one of the Sepultura guys and they said like Jello was like, he was, he was really like, uh, he wrote the lyrics to this, like when he was really like, I don't know, he was reading some books about it. I don't know if it's something that he really believed. I don't know. I feel like Jello is a little more 
even like cool headed than to believe that. Yeah. But yeah. so I, I don't know how sincere it is. I, it might have just been something he thought was interesting and was like, oh, I'll write a song about like I'll you know, we'll let's do a song together about it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a good song. It's got some good hooks. Um, I dig it. Um, so continuing in the metal world, we're going to go a little further into the more, the, I would say a thrash death hybrid, uh, with a group called Carnal Forge. I believe they're from Sweden. I don't, even I don't know too much about them. Um, in the late 90s and early 2000s, there was like this explosion of Swedish metal bands that kind of blew up here. So you had your Meshuga, In Flames, Opeth, Soilwork, and, and this is one of the bands that came out of that kind of era, but I, don't, I just don't think that they took off like the other ones. Um, but uh, this is Godzilla's Coming Through by Carnal Forge. Um, so listen to, uh, about a minute of that and then we'll come back with our thoughts. Okay, the, Matt, I'm assuming this is your favorite of the bunch. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not too familiar with this band. Um, I like the, the breakdown um, in the middle of the song. Um, I, I, I don't think it's too interesting, especially compared to stuff that was coming out around the same time and the same era but you know i mean it's it's pretty standard kind of thrashy death stuff and um i don't know there's nothing great about it that's how i felt personally yeah i'm kind of more on Matt's side of this one this this one really doesn't do much for me i think this is like kind of this one feels like it embodies uh, why i don't like a lot of thrash and it's you know and it's because not every band is as kind of creative um and talented as Sepultura, I think, <laughs> to have like a, be a, do like a little bit more of an interesting hook yeah. to the music or anything. This one just has that kind of like generic, yeah, both in terms of music and even lyrically. These are like those kind of like silly uh, lyrics that almost seem like parody to a certain degree. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's like all about just, I'm so angry, I'm going to kill everybody. And it's like, oh, all right. You know, and it's, yeah. uh, and it just kind of like sometimes I find myself laughing at it and I know it's not the intent. So then if I'm not if I'm not enjoying it on the right level, then. Yeah, that, that's uh, not for me. Yeah, that that's probably I mean, I honestly, that's probably part of why these guys didn't have the same success as, you know, some of their contemporaries that I mentioned that are still, I mean, are, you know, just reading the lyrics like we have. uh <laughs> So uh, I don't know if I should censor myself for this podcast, but F your lies. Okay, good. Fuck your lies. I'm proud to live my hell. Feels good to be psychotic every fucking day. 
I'm sorry, but I don't have any limits. Now I have no brakes and you can't stop me. I mean, okay. This I, is the worst song that we pick, guys. I'm sorry. It just, it's... Yeah, I, just, I read those lyrics and I'm just kind of like, okay, dude. Like This was written when he was in 10th grade and he really hated life. That's that's what I took away from it. Well, Godzilla's coming through. Yeah, but Godzilla has nothing to do with anything else he just said. Like, I, this, could, this could be written from the perspective of Godzilla. He's like, you know what? Godzilla's saying, you know what? Fuck your lies. <laughs> I'm fed up or whatever. I don't even know what the next part was. Um, I just noticed, though, this song is from uh, this song is from 1998. Do you think this was their bid to try and make it out of that soundtrack? <laughs> it's about as good as the 19 movie, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're, let's. Uh, okay, we're gonna stick with the metal theme for a little bit, and now we're gonna go more old school. Um. So uh, up next we have a, a track by Anvil, who I think is a little more well known now. Um, there was a documentary, Anvil: The Story of Anvil. Um, excellent, excellent documentary. Yeah, no, a great, great documentary. Um, I think that kind of brought awareness back to them. Um, the thing about Anvil is this is a, a early, early kind of. Kind of, yeah, I would say early thrash, definitely early proto thrash. Um, the thing about Anvil that makes them interesting, and that's part of the why there's a documentary about them, is that um, a lot of the bands, you know, your Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax, the that that group of 80s bands that really kind of brought metal back and kind of fought, bounced against the the hair metal stuff, you know. Um, uh, Anvil predated all of them, you know, and, you know, you you can see in this documentary members of Anthrax and Metallica saying, like, oh, you know, Anvil were, were big for us, but, like, they never got any of the success, uh, and Anvil, they'd been around since, as long as, you know, uh, a lot of bands, like, they've been around since, like, the mid-70s, um, and I, I have my own opinions as to why they didn't become as successful. You know, I don't think they're as good as, you know, a Metallica or a Slayer, but they were definitely innovative for the time that they came out. And you can hear, you know, how their stuff influenced those artists, but I think they just took it to a level that Anvil weren't quite capable of. But um, so uh, this is from, um, I believe this is from Metal on Metal. I think this is might be their first album. I don't know. I'm not as into Anvil as... A lot of other a lot of other groups but um here they are with mothra so um i think this is our first of a couple mothra theme tracks so um we got a couple minutes of mothra and we'll come back and talk about it Oh! 
So that was Anvil with Mothra, um, and yeah, you can probably hear a lot of that new wave British heavy metal meets punk kind of sound, you know, it has a very Judas Priesty, early Iron Maiden kind of vibe to it. What'd you guys think of this one? I dug it, actually. Yeah, me too. I, it, this is maybe going to sound weird, given that it's like, it, it's like kind of like propulsive, kind of heavy you know that classic heavy metal sound but i actually just would say i found this one to be very very pleasant (laughs) and maybe that's just you know coming off of you know sepultura and carnal forge like this is kind of more like ah yes i I can i can get down with this because this is just kind of more old school metal that that i i i personally dig a little bit more yeah i I agree it's got the same feeling that you you need to listen to yeah it's, it's got the same feeling you get out of listening to like early judas priest or like Iron Maiden, where it's like it's it's theatrical and it's fun and you know, it's just it's just kind of a good time. Yeah, I, I dig this one. I, I really I I really like the lead guitar work in this song. I think it's yeah. it's yeah. I think I think they do some really good stuff. Um, but yeah, that's Anvil. I, if you like this song, I mean, definitely check out you know their first few records and the the documentary. Like Trev said, I mean. We're getting out of kaiju territory completely, but it's an ex- excellent documentary. Um, yeah, I don't. You don't. You don't have to like heavy metal or like Anvil to enjoy the documentary. Yeah, it's, it's just a great a, story. Yeah, it's yeah, a great story about never giving up. Yeah, know? it's yeah. a it's an underdog story. And um, yeah. uh, okay, so next up um, we have Mod. Who is Mod? Uh, Cliff Notes version is. Uh, there was a band called Stormtroopers of Death, which was um, members of Anthrax, um, Dan Lilker from uh, Nuclear Assault, um, and they were really satirical and had this clever social commentary. Um, the album uh, Speak English or Die is amazing, and no, they don't mean that title sincerely. Um, I don't know how that album would come out today, though. <laughs> um, well, the whole idea is it's making fun of racism and nationalism, but, uh, it was successful back then. I don't know, I don't know how, who would release it now, but, um, uh, their singer Billy Milano, um, I don't know what he did before SOD. I love SOD, but I'm not too sure what he did before that. But after SOD, you know, I mean, those guys, Scott Ian um, and Charlie Benante, you know, they were, Anthrax is a full-time gig. When you're Anthrax, that's your job. You know, you're not going to be messing around in side projects your whole time. So he formed a band called MOD, um, 
and they did a song called Godzilla. <laughs> Even though the song clearly says Godzilla, I'm assuming this was some kind of we're afraid of Toho thing, but yeah. um <laughs> Uh, but SOD um, were one of the first bands to really kind of cross thrash and um, punk over into what's called crossover. Um, uh, and MOD, well, I never so much got into MOD, but let's take a listen to Godzilla and uh, we'll come back. <laughs> Um, what'd you guys think of this one? Uh, go, 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 Trevor. How about you go first? It's it's better than Carl Forge. Um, <laughs> this one's okay. Like I, it's uh, I'd say it's more amusing than good. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another one where the lyrics are kind of really like on the nose, right? Like, um, it's a very like standard kaiju kind of lyrics, but uh. It, it's probably there's probably just enough of a punk influence as you said where it's kind of a punk thrash crossover and there's probably just enough punk in there to make it a little bit more enjoyable for me because like i tend to lean more towards that than thrash in general so yeah this one's fine but nothing i'll probably go back to i mean i, I liked it well enough it's got obviously the very beginning of fukube ish kind of stuff got the little godzilla roar and then i loved i, I like the the crazy 80s lead guitar thing they got going and it's got just enough like you can understand what the guy's saying again. That's my whole deal, and it was it was okay. I agree that it's probably more amusing than good, but it's amusing enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, MOD never took off with me. I was more much more into SOD. MOD was kind of like, oh, you remove all the awesome guys from like these other bands, and you get MOD. But this is actually one of the better tracks I've heard. I, it's fun. Um, you know, it's, it's nice and thrashy, nice and punky, as Matt said, some, some, some fun lead guitar stuff going on. Um, yeah, I dug that one. Um, okay, so last in the metal, uh, category is Raven, another older artist, um, kind of got lost in the mix when, you know, Metallica and Slayer and them were blowing up, they kind of, like, fell by the wayside, um, this is actually a newer track from them, um, but uh, this is Raven with Destroy All Monsters. Uh, again, another old school metal kind of kind of thing. So uh, we got about a minute and a half of that, and we'll come back. 
Raven, Destroy All Monsters. Um, how do you guys feel about this one? Didn't like it. <laughs> it got the one really catchy part where they're like, attack, attack, attack. But that was about all I can say for it. So, so my thing with this one, and I, I'm sorry if I offend any people, like fans of this type of music here. It's not my intention or anything. It's, you know, I'm offended. Just aren't your bag. No, go on. But uh, I think when I listen to this, it kind of this is one of those things where I feel like um, it's not meant to be ironic. I think these guys are very sincere. But I listen to this, and it, it reminds me of stuff like Steel Panther, or you know, like it's like almost so like a parody of metal to me. Like, that's just how it comes across. Like, I feel like this is, it sounds like this would be like a metal band in a, in a movie, like an eighties, like a, <laughs> a movie that's made now taking place in the eighties and they go to a metal show and they made up a metal band and this is what would be playing. And this would be like the song. And that's how this just sounds to me. It has that kind of vibe to it. So I kind of find myself laughing to laughing at it a little bit. And I know that's not the intent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one, um, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really feel that way about it. Um, it's a typical kind of um, kind of traditional metal track, uh, but I don't think it's as good as you know the Anvil track. Um, uh, and you know, in general, Raven, uh, I probably have the least amount of connection with. That's just another one that is someone that loves thrash, especially the early stuff. That's just another band that never really hit it with me. Um, this is an acceptable song, but nothing to, uh, you know, make me be like, oh, wow, I've been missing out on Raven my whole life, you know? Um, okay, so now we got a, a few covers that we're going to do um, that are all pretty short and sweet. Um, the first uh, is the uh, legendary Devo. I'm a huge Devo fan as far as post-punk kind of groups. I just think they're the kings. Trevor, are you into Devo? Yeah, I like Devo. I, I think uh, not as much as you are, um, but I, I, I enjoy them. Okay. Um, so this is The Words Get Stuck in My Throat, which any kaiju fan hears that phrase, you're probably going to uh, stare at your feet silently and groan. <laughs> Um, War of the Gargantuas is probably one of the, outside of Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, as far as Toho stuff, probably like one of the most famous, you know, classic monster movies. And in the middle of the movie, it just grinds to a screeching <laughs> halt. So Kip Hamilton, an American singer, can sing this obnoxious, obnoxious song. Uh, and rumor has it that she was the mistress of uh, the American producer, Henry Saperstein. Who knows how true that is? I would tend to believe it. Um, but it's the worst part of the movie. The song is just awful. Uh, Devo being, uh, of course, fans of the film, uh, said, you know, it would be uh, you know, uh, a good lark. Let's cover this awful song. So here is Devo. Uh, and you're going to hear about the first minute and 20 seconds of the words get stuck in my throat. If I had a tiny microphone stuck inside my heart, it would amplify my love for you. But the words get stuck in my throat. Oh, 
the song itself um, is still bad, but it's got the Devo touch to it. Uh, <laughs> what did you guys think of this? I was actually going to say, like, I kind of feel like this almost redeems the song a little bit. I think this is, like, clearly a much better version of the song. And uh, I probably wouldn't mind as much if this kind of if a movie stopped to play this version. Because I think, like you said, it's got just enough that Devo vibe to it that uh, I, I think it makes it a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. Um, I, I think because I like War the Gargantua's that this, char- this this version of the song is kind of charming and only because I have the affinity for the movie itself. So it gave you Stockholm that. Syndrome? <laughs> it, um, it's, it's, again, it, it has its charm. The, the song isn't great, but the, this version of, of it has its charm. Yeah, yeah, no. And, um, yeah, no, Devo... Uh, it's a funny story Russ Tamblin told about meeting the guys from Devo. Um, and they were like... Oh, you know, we you you're in our favorite movie, and like he thinks like oh they're gonna say West Side Story because that's what everyone says West Side Story, and they they were like you're War of the Gargantuas, and he was like what? <laughs> um, okay, next up we have um, the five, six, sevens, and eights. That is uh, that's not how you say it. See, I five, six, sevens, five, eight, five, six, seven, eight. The five, six, seven, eights. Okay. Yeah. Probably most known for being the band that's featured in Kill Bill. Um, they did a cover of the Mothra song. Uh, you know it, I know it, we all know it. Um, so here's about the first minute of that, and um, in, enjoy it. rock version of the mothra song um how'd you guys like that loved it yeah it was fun yeah i dug it a lot yeah it was really cool i never really like i know them from the movie kill bill but this actually makes me feel like i should like check out their records i mean uh, i i have and it's like yeah if you like this and you like kill bill it's more the same i mean if you're you're being honest it's but i i happen to like surf rock uh so yeah it's good stuff all right so one last cover um this is a more recent track by sepultura the only band to be on this uh featured here twice um now i kind of fall off the sepultura wagon in the late 90s early 2000s when max cavalera left um he had formed soulfly 
who start off as kind of a not so good new metal band, but are kind of they're like he's back to normal now, so they're like back in the, he's, oh, okay. this thrash metal again. It's just like real again. Oh, when you said that, I got really confused. It was like Soulfly, weren't they horrible? Yeah, no, they're like a real. They basically sound now like how Sepultura sounded in like the eighties. They're like normal again. The first few records are, are you can throw them that at someone that you don't like. Um, and I've heard mixed things about the more... Well, I, I guess the, lately their last few albums have been pretty good, but you know I just haven't stuck with them uh, since a, a couple records after Max and Igor Cavalera left. But um, uh, I guess they did, uh, as a bonus track, they kind of did the Devo thing where they're like, you know it would be fun if we did this goofy cover so uh ultra seven this is the only Ultraman related thing on here um they did a cover of the the theme to ultra seven which is the second Ultraman series technically the third ultra series um and uh yeah it's something so let's uh, let's listen to it this is I, we got the whole track here just because it's a goofy tv show theme song so That was Sepultura with Ultra 7, No Uta. Um, how'd you guys feel about that? Uh, it was weird hearing him sing in Japanese, but it was, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the ones where I don't know what more to say about it other than it's, it's always just kind of fun to hear, like, a, you know, a noted theme or anything just to, to done slightly differently. So, so uh, it was good. I liked it. Okay. Um... All right, so uh, we are going to get into hip-hop. We have two tracks here. Um, it was only fair that we found some kind of hip-hop, and I think well, Matt kept going on about Yuck Mouth having an album <laughs> called Godzilla. <laughs> it's because it was like, I, I worked at Circuit City at one point, and like, the, it, ha- it was everywhere. That, like, that CD was just all over the place in that store for some reason, so it's like ingrained in my head. There's also, um, I don't remember the artist, but there was a pretty big hip-hop song in like the early 2000s that sampled the Bay Godzilla theme, and they, Toho sued him because he, he didn't get it licensed. Um, oh, there, it's in the Charlie's Angels. Right, right? yeah, I was going to say it was either in the trailer or in the movie for one of the Charlie's Angels. No, it's, 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 it's in the movie. Yeah. Okay, so you know the track I'm talking Oh, yeah, it, it, the bop, 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 bop. 
It, like it repeat yeah. it repeats Sam that. Sam Rockwell part. dances to it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Um, but yeah, and then and then there's a lot of st- like there are a lot of, um, you know, I mean, hip hop is such a. You know, when you're rapping, you're really just bringing out words and rhyming them and trying to make things fit however you can. So there's a lot of references to monsters and Godzilla and King Kong, but nothing really concrete. That even carries into our selection a little bit. Um, but I, I just felt like we needed something. So, um, Trev, you're into kind of the more indie, underground set of hip-hop sometimes like I am. Have you heard of MF Doom? Oh yeah, for sure. MF Doom's great. Yeah, so um if people who don't know, MF Doom is a pretty prolific and iconic um hip hop artist uh in, you know, indie hip hop. And uh I mean, it, it, he just has all, his his records are just nerd. It's just nerd stuff. I mean, he's MF Doom because he he dresses like Dr. Doom and raps. I mean, mm-hmm. um but it, he's actually also a big Godzilla fan, a big kaiju fan, and he, um, hip hop is really incestuous. So anyone that has owns a single rap album sees like every track featuring the hundred people. Like, uh, so him and his, um, I guess, posse of rappers who are into Godzilla have a little collective called the Monster Island Sars or Monster Island Sars. Um, uh, and his alias is King Ghidorah, um, and he has a he put out a record, "Take Me to Your Leader." Um, so this is MF Doom, aka King Ghidorah, with phasers, um, and uh, not a lot of lyrical relevance, but samples from Monster Zero, a couple name drops. Um, so here we got about a minute and a half of that phasers. Follow the light. The light is your guide. I'm controller of planet X. Three, three. And I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. King Ghidorah, take me to your leader. Quick to claim that he not no snake like me neither. They need to take a breather. He's been rhyming longer than Sigmund the Sea Creature. Been on Saturday feature. Pleased to meet ya And came to wake you up Out the deep sleeper Like he needed to stop Before he caught the knee drop Even give you more Zip zip than ZZ top When full bears Thou shall not more corner Future like one more steps In y'all's corner So call rich Front if you wanna When he spit electrics Don't be in y'all's saunas He only here to warn us What the plan is The hour is up on us It's bananas Born alone, die alone, no matter who your man is Hope you live long enough to tell it to his grandkids Kid, need your three-finger ring fever Spring chicken eater, ID'd as a ringleader Who needs a heater? Catch him with bare hands These same hands that make razors out bare cans His own biggest fan And got a fan base as big as you can Yeah, and all hail the king Give him three cheers, fam all right, that was MF Doom under the alias King Ghidorah with phasers. Uh, how'd you guys feel about this one? I liked it, man. Yeah, that's I liked it too. It's, it's uh, that's a banging track. Yeah. And yes, I and yes, I know how white I just sounded. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, this is, uh, I think this is the first one on the album. The whole album's pretty good. I'd, I'd recommend, um, checking it out if you like what you just heard. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's got tons of kaiju movie samples in there. Um, it's good stuff. Um, so like I said, uh, he, he, you know, is a big part of this, uh, the Monster Island SARS and... I don't remember, like, I don't know everybody in the in the group, um, especially by their actual MC name. Like I said, these are all aliases, like King Ghidorah's MF Doom. Um, but just to give you the roster, uh, current members, well, I guess MF Doom, uh, uh, I guess, stepped away. But current members is Jet Jaguar, Kong, Biollante, Grimlock, Monster X, Gabra, Spiga, Lord Smog, reference to Hedera, Baragon, and Mogera. Um, and past members and affiliates, you had Megalon, King Caesar, Kamakaris, Gigan, Rodan, Space Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, Destroya, and of course King Ghidorah, um, and Gamma, spelled like Gamma Ray, um, G A M M A, and then Ra, so Gamma. Um, so yeah, I, I said. When I was talking to these guys, it's like, think of the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, each rapper is named after, uh, like, a kung fu movie or something, and then they all have a billion other projects, and they all sample kung fu movies. This is kind of like a mini version of that for kaiju. Um, So next we have uh, uh, King Caesar. a track from uh, the album Take Me to Your Leader. He is the rapper X-Ray, King Caesar being the alias here. Um, and uh, here you have, uh, he has a, a beat going, and then over it you have a verse by Kamakaris, who uh, is uh, the rapper Quite Deaf, who I, I've actually never heard of him. I have heard of X-Ray, but anyway, so this is uh, King Caesar featuring Kamakaris with Put It On Smash. This is a short track, so we're just going to play the whole thing. Um, here you go. Touch me, I rhyme it too rusty. Your lips is too crusty, your reek too musty. Trust me, Lord, I got it in the pocket. Full blast for the ass, I put it on smash. I got the skills to make the mills, dollar bills with credit cards and red coins. Put down the Donald coins, scriptures, quotations, ovations. Exercise my patience while I break these bugs and twists. Pull for tell, who fucking with this? No man, x ray on the product. Kamakaris, concrete, Megalon, Rodan, Gargan, Speaker, blazing hella cheaper. Smoking up your receiver, connecting the Jocks and map it out, wanna fight, scrap it out The bullshit you rap about 30 plus, you can get touched back to dust Who fucking with us, you? When the sun rises in the west Then place this statue On the sacred shrine Above the gate of the Sony Castle Save the people. That's the prophecy on the mirror. Right. 
possible. All right, put it on Smash, guys. What'd you think of this one? Uh, I didn't like it as much as the other one. I think this one's a little too repetitive. The beat's just a little too repetitive. But mm-hmm. I like the uh, I think the the sampling of the the movie clips is like is cool. Yeah, it's the uh, Mechagodzilla yeah. samples. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Trev took the words basically right out of my mouth. Not quite as good as the other one, but I did enjoy them snagging lines from the '74 Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I like uh, Phasers more, but I mean, that's also, you know, MF Doom is, I, he's just a great MC. I'm, but the the, fr- the the verse here by uh, this Kamakaris guy um, is pretty good. I do like it. Um, uh, and, uh, okay, so uh, now we're in our last and final category um, with novelty. Oh, I should mention that same album. I think it's that same album. There's two King Caesar albums. One of them, he ha- he has the um, the King Caesar song that the lady sings to wake him up. He uh, remixes it, so it's the same vocal from the movie, but he he remixes it with the new beat and stuff. It's pretty cool. Okay, novelty songs. Um, okay, first up we have Bobby Pickett and Peter Ferreira with King Kong, your song. Uh, so we have uh, about a minute or so of that. Uh, for those who don't know, Bobby Pickett, uh, is the, the guy that brought us the Monster Mash. Just to give you some context. Um, so here we are with his King Kong song. Uh, and we'll be right back. On an island with a mountain in the shape of a skull. There live natives in a village beneath a towering wall. A giant belted door stood more than half a mile tall, behind which lived the mightiest creature of them all. King Kong, King Kong, the white man done you wrong, and so we sing this song to you. Mighty Kong, King Kong, Hunga, Hunga, Kong, get the load of Mighty Kong. On a beauty ship of iron. Across a sweltering sea, Robert Armstrong sailed to enslave the greatest of the free. I'll catch the eighth wonder of the world for all mankind to see. All right, um, so kicking off our novelty songs with King Kong, your song. I'm not, what, what do you guys think of this one? Well, so this is probably not going to surprise you, Bird, but I, I really love this. <laughs> so, so. Bird is very aware that I'm a huge fan of these, these kind of like, uh, like sixties, fifties and sixties era monster novelty songs. It's a, it's a, a sweet spot of mine. I kind of try and track down a lot of them. Um, kind of obsessed with the fact that this used to be a whole genre that was like very big and very prolific. Um, and you know, this is, this is a lot of fun. I love the part. I love when we get into the section where they're just doing a bunch of different voices. It's not going to supplant the monster mash as the song. Everyone knows Bobby Pickett for, but, uh, but I think this is like a pretty cool, good time, and just like a lot of those novelty songs, probably like a fun thing to throw on around uh, October for Halloween parties or such. This song was awesome. Like, yeah, it's, just, it's so like, it's <laughs> like so swanky and stuff. It's just you just listen the way that he sings, pronounces words and stuff throughout the whole thing. It's just you can listen to him all day. It's great. Yeah, he's kind of doing like a Boris Karloff impression, and it's it's a fun song, and it's it's this is another oh, one. Boris. 
Chris Pickett. That's what he's known for. Yeah, this is a this is another one that has just like since I, we put this list together, has just been like going in and out of my head at random points. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's silly, it's goofy, it's fun. Uh, like Trev said, I mean, the, this belongs on a Halloween party playlist. Um, speaking of weird and <laughs> just goofy stuff, uh, we have another King Kong song called King Kong. This is by the Jimmy Caster Bunch. Uh, Trev has been cryptically hinting that he wants to talk about Jimmy Caster uh, and Trev, I'm gonna. This is your time to shine here, my friend, because uh, we have a double dose of caster here. Yeah, uh, not enough caster. <laughs> I, I was just saying, like, to, for me, if if nothing comes this episode other than some of your listeners discovering uh, Jimmy Caster, then I have done my job because I, I love Jimmy Caster and the Jimmy Caster bunch. I found um, I discovered them a few years ago, and I just think, um, you know, he was he was successful in his in his lifetime, but. As far as I can tell, I feel like he's today kind of an unfortunately forgotten and, and definitely underrated uh, figure in like that kind of uh, 70s funk and R&B world. And uh, a lot of his stuff is just good kind of traditional funk, you know, the kind of, you know, in that, that kind of uh, George Clinton parliament kind of realm, or even kind of earlier than that, just kind of really early funk. But he's kind of most known for very weird novelty songs. So in addition to the two we're going to listen to, he also did songs like his, one of his, it's a song called Troglodyte uh, slash Caveman, which is literally just him kind of singing about what cavemen would do. Uh, he has two songs about Dracula. He has a song, one of his first hits was a song called Hey Leroy, Your Mama's Calling You. And then later he did a follow-up to that called Hey Leroy, Your Father is the Creature from the Black Lagoon. He was very like into like monster <laughs> culture. Uh, and even then he, so another one of his big hits, which is a really fun song. That's actually, he would do a lot of odd vocal stuff, which we're actually going to hear in this, this Kong song, uh, at the very beginning. And he's got this one song called Bertha Butt Boogie, which is about this kind of woman with like a big butt who does this dance and it becomes the Bertha Butt Boogie. And he, it's just this whole thing that was just going, boom, 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 like trying to do like what the dance sounds like. And then <laughs> later on when Star Wars became a big deal, he released a, uh, a sequel song to that called Bertha Butt encounters Vader, where <laughs> Bertha Butt goes to space and meets Darth Vader, which everyone needs to listen to. I implore you, <laughs> go listen to the song. So, so I just I love Jimmy Caster, and I'm really excited that we get to play a couple of his, his songs here. All right, Jimmy Caster, King Kong. Komosame, uh... Kong. <laughs> Stupid. 
Jimmy Caster Bunch with King Kong. Um, I we know what Trev thinks. Uh, Matt, what do you think of this one? Uh, I liked it, man. It's fun. I yeah. had not heard of Jimmy Caster, so I'm one of the people that Trev has convinced to go check out some of his other stuff. Congratulations, Trev. Mission accomplished, right? Yep, that's it. Yeah, no, this is a, this this is this song's a good time. Um, well, let's not slow down the Caster train. Uh, let's do. He did a Godzilla song. Um, so we got about uh, almost two minutes of that we're going to play, and then we're going to circle back. Attention, please. Attention, please. Godzilla is now approaching Tokyo. Please evacuate city. Women and children first. Jimmy Caster's Godzilla. What do you guys think of this one? Not as good as Kong. I think um, it's clearly as it's clearly like meant to be kind of a sequel song. He he brings up King Kong again in this one. This one's got like a little bit more of a disco vibe, right? You hear disco coming in a little bit more. And Almost reminds me of like a Ray Parker. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not as much of a disco guy, so I kind of like the the pure funk of King Kong a little bit more. But that being said, still enjoyable. Yeah, dude, I love this one more. I, I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> like just, yeah. I think I like the it's Kong like, one like, more. I, I do like this one though. Well, like the the groove kicks in. I'm like, oh, dude, I could. This is like, this is awesome. I'm over here jamming out. I'm dancing. You guys don't don't want to see that, but I, I was totally dancing. <laughs> Did you like how it opens with the racist uh, Asian <laughs> music? Yeah, that's a bit unsettling. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring that up, but it was. Da 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 da. I so really quick, really quick tangent on that. Um, I just recently bought the uh, the Sister Street Fighter uh, collection from Arrow, which is the, the, you know, you guys did an episode where you interviewed uh, Sonny Chiba, who, of course, was famous for the Street Fighter films. And then they went on to, Toei went on to uh, do a spinoff series called Sister Street Fighter, which he appears in the first one. Anyway, each one of those movies opens with that music. And I, it led me to wonder, is that racist when it's in an Asian movie? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Because you think they'd know better. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, 
Oh, God. That just reminds me, again, tangent thing here, but, like, my son loves Scooby-Doo and their episodes where they go to Japan for some reason are just so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they're so bad. <laughs> At least they didn't give Scooby-Doo, like, a Japanese cousin, you know? Like, that would have been... Yeah, well, they would have done the big, you know, bunny teeth looking thing and given yeah. kimonos. It who was, was like, who was the redneck Scooby Doo? Scooby Dumb, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I, I can't remember now. But like, all I, all I remember is we were watching this episode, and my wife looks at me and goes, "Holy crap, that's racist!" And we're talking about it because Landon's just sitting there watching it. He doesn't doesn't know any better. It's like, jeez, well, Pete's. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so a uh, couple new discoveries for me. Uh, a guy. Um, uh, there's uh, David Fair and Jad Fair, Jad and David Fair. Um, they put out this album that was like uh, monster songs for kids, like more like like songs that like you could sing your kids to sleep. I think that's even part of the title of the album. Um, uh, but I guess David Fair is a prolific indie musician. Uh, music group that he is in is half. It's called Half Japanese. Um, yeah, kind of a like a somewhat well-known like lo-fi group. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's really prolific. Uh, I'm not too familiar with his stuff, um, but uh, yeah, him and his brother formed this band called Half Japanese, and they put out this separate album um, where each song is about like a different monster, and they're songs written for kids. Um, and so uh he did uh Godzilla and Rodan and um yeah it's uh 26 monster songs for children songs to sing your babies to sleep um <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah he did Rodan Godzilla but he's also got Dracula ET uh creature oh he's got uh King Kong and Queen Kong for that matter uh that's a pretty deep cut um that is super deep cut. <laughs> uh, but we have uh, Rodan and Godzilla are the two that we are going to sample today. Um, so let's get it going with uh, about the first minute of Rodan. Rodan is a big pterodactyl monster that destroys things with sound. There's just not another sight like Rodan flying through the night. Not another side I know Like Rodan over Tokyo Night is shaking by the flapping of his wings Night is shattered as the giant creature sings think of uh jad and david fair with rodan bird i i would imagine that i'm speaking your language here but like for me the both this and the next song the godzilla song are kind of fun mainly because like if you look at it again you're putting your kids to bed and like you play something stupid this, this is kind of a fun song and i think the next the, the godzilla song is the same way it's just kind of a cool thing for kiddos and, and i appreciate that as a father i mean that's kind of what the appeal is for for both these songs for me yeah i'm with you yeah, I I don't I, I don't have kids to put to bed, um, but I would say it's fun. It's weird because I don't know if, if you guys would agree with this, but 
I find these ones kind of confusing. Like, it's almost kind of hard to... I, it's hard to, to get a sense of how sincere this is. Like, I can't <laughs> figure out, is this really an album for kids? Or is that, like, a joke, kind of, right? Is that, like, the the the, the gimmick of the album? I think it could work well you either know, way. Each songs... Yeah, because I think you can listen to this as kind of, like, almost like a parody of those kind of albums as well. But, I mean, each track does start with that little kid, like, talking about the monster for a little bit. And then, you know, we're about to listen to another one. Uh, I ended up listening to a bunch of these the other day. Uh, you know, I listened to, like, Sasquatch, E.T., and Dracula, and a bunch. And they, they are all very similar and all follow that same formula. And even after listening to more of them, I was like, huh, I don't know what their overall intention is here. But uh, <laughs> it's it's fun. Yeah. Okay, well, keeping in that uh, theme, we're going to do um, Godzilla next. So got about a minute of that, and we'll come back. Godzilla is a big fire-breathing monster that's like a dinosaur, but only bigger. Stomp, 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 now shake, 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 now stomp, 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 now shake, 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 y'all do the Godzilla dance. Stick out your hiney and swish and prance. Pretend there's a tail stuffed in your pants. Shake your tail and take a chance. You're doing the Godzilla dance. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Shake, shake, shake now. Stomp, stomp, stomp and shake, shake, shake. You're doing the Godzilla dance. All right, Jad and David Fair with Godzilla. Um, I don't have much to say about this one than I did about Rodan. I mean, these are charming. They're fun, and I think, yeah, I think they work as like fun parodies of kids' songs. But then I also think if you have kids, I think that this. I think that they would do the job also. Especially, like, this one has, like, a silly kind of Godzilla dance that goes with it. Yeah, and, and just really quickly, and slightly off topic, but in, in looking for more of these, I found that Jad and David Fair also put out another album called Halloween, um, or Halloween Songs, one of the two, and that's somewhat similar in that it's just a bunch of songs like this that are all about Halloween night. Like, there's actually one called, like, uh, what camera the the name of it now but the song is all about like the houses that give out the extra big candy bars when you go treating <laughs> and then there's just different things like that there's one called like put the pumpkins out and stuff and yeah so are you gonna listen to that on Hall- around halloween oh you know i will <laughs> all right we're uh in the home stretch we only got a couple more um so this is the towels uh, i don't know much about this group other than they did a song called godzilla christmas and we're going to play the uh, first couple minutes of Godzilla Christmas. We're going to come back around like uh, we have been. Um, so, yes, this is The Towels. Stepping on buses, 
by the towels uh what uh what what are your thoughts on this one here my thoughts are i now have a godzilla christmas song to play at <laughs> christmas time <laughs> yeah. yeah i liked yeah, it same exact thought i think i think it's just cool to have like the fact that that exists now right like there's like a godzilla christmas song it's a, it, it's about time damn it yeah and i, I don't know much like uh, the towels they seem to be kind of a you know a another kind of indie group um this came out as a single um and i don't know much more about this song but no it's fun and yeah it's a christmas song that also ties into godzilla so um i enjoyed this one um and the last thing we're gonna play is a snippet of uh, a song called mothra by a group called those darn accordions which is a accordion uh, based rock band, um, uh, which sounds probably every bit as silly as you would think. Um, so here they are, uh, with Mothra. Last of our song selection, 
What'd you guys think of uh, those darn accordions with Mothra? <laughs> you know, uh, let me just take a moment to say I created the the song order for this, and I apologize to everyone because only now am I sitting here realizing that was a pretty weak one to go out on. I was just uh, thinking that. <laughs> I was literally just thinking yeah, that. I was like, thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably should have reordered this a little bit. Um, you know, I I think it's fun to have in there because it definitely hits a, this idea of like the novelty song category. But if I never hear that again for the rest of my life, I'll be fine. Yeah, Trev, I echo everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. If I'm I, listening to accordion, it better be Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with... I mean, I will say there's... N- I don't know if there's any track on our list that I just can say, like, ugh, you know? And this, this isn't one either. Um, the idea of an accordion-based kind of rock band is fun. I, that being said, I don't know. I don't know that I would call this song particularly good. Um, it's no. it's fun enough for its purpose, but you know, am I gonna go and check out an al- like? I might I'm, I might try and find out more about the towels, because I like Godzilla Christmas. I might I you know I'm probably gonna check out more Jimmy Caster. I'm probably gonna check out more of that monster kids songs album from Jad and David Fair. Uh, the creatures for sure. I'm not going to be driven to go and look up more of these guys. (laughs) You know, it has its place on this list, but yeah, the order, you know, we probably should have gone out on the towels, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good selection that we had. I think we represented a lot of different genres. Um, So hopefully someone listening will maybe discover a new favorite band or two. Um, uh, because I think we kind of picked out something for everybody. Um, and this isn't even mentioning, um, there's a lot of just bands who ha- are named after Godzilla or, or something like that. I mean, Go- the, the metal band Gojira, um, uh, there's Question Mark and the Mysterians, um, Man or Astro Man, named after the tagline for the human vapor. Um, they have like, they're mostly instrumental, but they have like some, they have a track called King of the Monsters, stuff like that. Um, there's the band Daikaiju, which Trev, you said you were into surf rock. Do, do you know Daikaiju? I don't know. Okay. Um, they're pretty good. Um, but that, yeah, it's mostly instrumental surf rock. Um, our buddy Chris, uh, who, his his uh his project Cosmic Monster who would do the Kaiju Transmissions theme check them out on Bandcamp, um, but yeah I think he he did some touring with Dai Kaiju at, at some point I believe, um, and then uh, Matt one of your buddies um, Nev he's got the death metal band Kaiju. Yeah yeah we talked about yeah does he still do that? I don't I don't know that he does he doesn't post much about it if he's still actively playing for them okay well yeah he yeah he was in a band called kaiju which was all kaiju themed death metal there's a band a metal band called oxygen destroyer so i mean these things have leaked into pop culture and more than just movies and i mean it's they're referenced in music constantly um and yeah, I mean, there there's enough material. We could do several more episodes like this. And I don't know, maybe we will one day. Um, uh, I would love to get into more of the extreme stuff, but, you know, I'll need more of a metal guy with me 
Because uh, <laughs> um, Matt ain't doing that. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come along for the journey and try to <laughs> be constructive with whatever I'm listening to. Is there but, a metal yeah. band called uh, M11? Because if not... They're <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yes. But no, this was uh, this was fun. Um, Trev, we not only appreciate you giving us the idea and coming on here, but also, you know, picking the 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 samples for each song. Um, I don't know. This this was a good time. I, I it, unless it turns into a complete disaster in the editing process, I think I think we get we had a fun show. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed myself, and I got to. I'm gonna check out some MF Doom now because of Burden. Definitely some Jimmy Caster. Yeah, yeah. MF dude, there's a. I mean. Even outside of the kaiju stuff, MF Doom has just a lot of awesome stuff just as MF Doom. But the King Ghidorah album is is pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I think of nothing else. If you're like like kaiju fans, you know, if you don't have a new favorite band of this episode, you at least have a sense that you know there's more out there than just the Blue Oyster Cult song, which is really what we wanted to get across. And there's enough here to make a pretty cool kaiju playlist for like you know. Parties yeah. are just driving around. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, like I said, I mean, we, we have a handful of different genres here. So mm-hmm. something, you should find something to like. If you don't, I don't know, maybe you just don't like music. I don't know. <laughs> but... There's any kaiju country music. <laughs> That's true. We, we didn't find one of those, did we? No. I, don't, I don't know that that exists, but it wouldn't surprise me if something It did. could. I don't know. I don't know. If anyone, if anyone has any kaiju country songs... Send yeah, them our way. Definitely hit us up <laughs> on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. Oh yeah, or email it to us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com. Post on our Facebook wall. You can post photos of it and tag us on Instagram even. Did we do that right? We, we did that right for once. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, I think I don't know. I, I, I think I think we're good here. You guys good? All right. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening and uh um, go listen to some music and buy it. Don't steal it. Okay. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>